following a year of intense disruption, has Jersey remained a haven of stability for the funds industry? Will the jurisdiction's prospects be affected by greater transparency requirements? And what inroads is the local finance industry making when it comes to ESG? We welcome Elliot Refson from Jersey Finance to discuss all this and more in this episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. I am Greg Gilles, the editor of Unquote, and I will be your host today. This week's episode is brought to you by Jersey Finance, funded by members of the local finance industry and the government of Jersey. The not-for-profit organization works to represent the interests of its 160-member firms, encourage best practice, and help the local industry develop. And we're back for another In Conversation with episode this week. And we have a returning guest as well. And following his contribution to our previous Jersey Finance podcast in December, it is my pleasure to welcome back Elliot Refson, Head of Funds at Jersey Finance. Elliot has had a long and varied career across the world uh, and eventually rejoined Jersey Finance in 2014 to work with the funds industry from the perspective of strategy, direction and execution. Elliot, you're turning into quite the, uh, the podcast veteran. Great, great to have you back and uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Good to be here. Thank you, Greg. Um, so the past year has been uh, quite a whirlwind for, for the industry, obviously, and the world in general. Um, but I'm sure there's been some uh, interesting developments uh, from Jersey's perspective when it comes to uh, private equity funds in particular. Could you talk us through some of the highlights uh, of recent month? Yeah, sure. Um, in Jersey, we are very fortunate to be emerging from the pandemic ahead of the curve. Uh, we only have a handful of cases. The vaccination rollout is proceeding well and our shops and restaurants are open. So we are able to look back at the events of the past year to a degree with the benefit of hindsight. Mm. And what that hindsight shows is that 2020 was broadly business as usual. According to the 2020 Monterey report, Jersey AUM broke the $500 billion mark for the first time. This represents a growth of 66% over five years and 125% over 10 years. In fact, at the end of 2020, AUM stood at $521 billion. And we also saw above average growth for the year. Within this, the jewel in the crown is private equity, which recorded a growth of 153% by value over the past five years and the number of individual funds has doubled over the same period. But one thing um, which we can measure exactly is the number of limited partnerships created in Jersey. 2020 saw a record number created with a significant dip only in April. In fact, we saw a record number in the final quarter and also in December 2020, where the number created was double that of 2019. Further, as last reported, at the end of 2020, we also saw a 30% plus year-on-year -year increase in the number of Jersey private funds, again, to a record number, 403. They are the figures, and I think that they are very compelling. But what the figures do not show is the resilience of our industry and our government and regulator in reacting to the pandemic, to the need to work from home and to adapt in order to be able to do so. And so for me, the key highlight over the past year was the ability of Jersey's fund industry to continue to function and grow with barely a break in stride in the face of 
as you said, a whirlwind year. Absolutely, and uh, that that figure about you know Q4 registrations is uh, is certainly very encouraging. I think it ties in with sort of the, uh, the the more brilliant mood that that started emerging around kind of October October time, and, and private equity very much roaring back, which is uh, which is good. Um, and and what would you say? So obviously that that's that's what happened last year, and you mentioned that that resilience and and the adaptation. Um, what would you say are the main factors be behind the growth of, of uh, in that part of the funds market in Jersey? Uh, I think that it's a combination of factors. Um, in Jersey, financial services is the bedrock of our economy. Our default is stability, both political stability and fiscal stability. And further, we offer a minimal change outlook from a regulatory, legal or economic perspective. In an uncertain world, we offer a degree of certainty, and that is what the market wants. We have achieved this and will continue to achieve this through the collaboration of our industry, our government, and our regulator, which has for many years led to innovation within a robust and globally respected regulatory framework, adopting international standards swiftly, but pragmatically to maintain our global reputation. And most recently, we saw this collaborative approach in our response to the pandemic. But this space of stability is also supported by world-class infrastructure, highlighted, for example, by the second fastest broadband in the world and supported by broad and deep expertise from the near 14,000 people or 44% of the working population who work in the finance industry. This depth of real-world industry experience is one thing which, in my opinion, we do not promote enough. But as a result of these factors, Jersey is recognised around the world as an award-winning international finance centre of excellence, whose reputation and regulation is acknowledged by independent assessments from some of the world's leading bodies, um, including the OECD, the IMF, and the World Bank. And this complete package of jurisdictional stability, collaborative approach to making our industry better, rock-solid infrastructure, and our position of respect has attracted investors and managers to establish both funds and management companies in Jersey. And let's not forget that the choice of private equity managers and investors to establish in Jersey is itself self-perpetuating as the market congregates by default. And just out of interest, the fastest broadband in the world is Liechtenstein. Because <laughs> I'm always asked that question. <laughs> Um, and um, uh, obviously, we, we've mentioned that uh, private equity was uh, uh, came roaring back, and we can see that from the perspective of uh, obviously fundraising and, and fund establishment, uh, as you noted, certainly in, in Jersey, um, with all the, the factors that encourage this. Um, but also from a deal making point of view, and I think in general, I, I don't know if you agree with you know, the conversations that you have in the market. I think people are feeling quite bullish at, at the moment. Um, at the same time, it, it's still a fairly uncertain, uh, a certain, uncertain time, um, even if it's it's certainly pointing in the right direction. What are your expectations for for the market in the coming month, and what trends in particular will you be keeping quite a close eye on? I think that the coming months will see a continuation of the overriding trends that, that we have been seeing, and that is to say a continuation of the trend of increased allocation to alternatives in general and to private equity in particular, and I think that's extremely positive. Uh, but equally, this wall of capital will continue to create challenges in finding quality investments 
um, to deliver sustainable returns and the increased competition for top tier assets uh, will further lead to pressure on valuations uh, and prices. I think that we will also continue to see regulatory and investor pressure on alternatives to build trust and transparency in all aspects of their operation. Uh, but the, the area that has really come to the fore during the pandemic is that of the SG. Uh, and this has been driven very much by investors. Uh, and we've seen managers clearly react to this demand. Absolutely. And, and when you were with, uh, with us on the podcast last December, in fact, you, you spoke about the New Jersey Fund for a Wilder World uh, initiative, which came around that time, I think. How has that, that developed since, you know, th- kind of sort of three months in? And what other inroads are you making on the SG front in Jersey? Uh, yeah, we, we've touched on managers responding to investors' needs uh, in respect of the SG. And I personally believe that there is a strong opportunity for a single jurisdiction to come to the fore in this space. Um, and I believe that jurisdiction will be Jersey, especially given our baseline of stability. I don't think that any single conduit will achieve this, uh, but rather it's going to be a combination of stratagem uh, based on the work and vision of our government with the recent consultation that the uh, Jersey Financial Services Commission, the regulator, carried out, um, and the Jersey for Good project led by Jersey Finance which sets out a two-year plan to accelerate our journey to a sustainable future leading up to 2030. All of these things will collectively shape our credibility in the space. The Jersey for a Wilder World scheme, which you mentioned, is the trigger within this mix to start the conversation and for the funds industry to lead from the front. Uh, The scheme itself is a joint um, project between industry, government, Jersey Overseas Aid, and Durham Wildlife Conservation Trust, and is aimed at sending a clear message that Jersey and its service providers are committed to the ESG agenda and to supporting global investment aimed at driving positive change at a time when there is renewed vigour and accelerated progress in all areas of sustainable finance. The way the scheme works is that the fund service providers, the administrators, lawyers, accountants and auditors, can donate a percentage of their fees earned through working with sustainable finance funds. Doral will pool the donations and assign them across their rewilding programs, which are respected worldwide and are proven market leaders in making a positive impact in the spheres of environmental and social change for good. And in return, the contributing firms will be issued with a kite mark and certificate which they can use as authentication that they're involved in the scheme, and that's valid for a year. And on an annual basis, they'll receive information on the projects that they have supported. And this allows them to demonstrate their credentials to the growing ESG market and start the conversation. This and the other areas I mentioned will together lead Jersey to both be seen and to become the clear jurisdiction for sustainable finance in the future. And um, and doubly important, as you said, I, I think there were, there were worries perhaps early on in the pandemic that the ESG agenda that had made a lot of progress, obviously, in the investment world and private equity in particular would, would maybe take a, a bit of a step back and people would focus more on, you know, the, the here and now and the, the more kind of uh, uh, down to earth matters. But, but clearly, uh, it's not a case. And from Jersey's point of view, uh, it's still going to be very much a, a driving force in, in the coming months from what I understand. 
Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Which which is good to hear, which is good to hear. Um, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap this up, Elliot. Um, but thank you very much again for, for dropping by. Uh, and I'm sure we get a chance to, to catch up again before long. I would look forward to that. And thank you as well, listeners, for tuning in, of course. Uh, we'll be back um, with another In Conversation with episode before long, as well as our regular panel format, of course. So stay tuned for these. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tune back in on Uncle.com for the next episode. See you next time.